Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 15. Episode 7. This is Writing Excuses, creating chapters. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Victoria. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. And we are again taking questions that we have been given and creating episodes around them. This one is a common question we get asked, which is, how do you make chapters? How do you decide where to break your stories up and how, how to how to divide them up? Um, I get this a lot, like in Q&A sessions that I'll do and things like that. And it's always kind of hard to answer because um, it's not a thing I studied. It's not a thing I ever looked at in anyone else's books. And it's just a thing that I just started doing and it just felt natural. And I talked to a lot of writers and that's how it goes, right? Yeah, it's hard to sit here and think about what are the mechanics or what are the rules. I feel like we're going to be able to talk about a lot of our personal guiding principles, but not necessarily any codified guidelines for something like this. Yeah, though the good news is, based on what we're saying, listeners, you can take away that, at the very least, this isn't something that matters as much as you think it does, right? You can kind of fake your way through it until you get a feel for it, and it will turn out better than you're expecting it to. We had a we had a difficult time naming this episode, and I think I, I just realized the disconnect for me is that I don't create chapters. I chop things into chapters. Hmm. I have a thing that is I have a thing that exists, and I am deciding where the breakpoints are, rather than saying, "Wow, well, I need a I need a chapter here." Uh, as we're uh, as we prepared for the recording sessions today, um, we have a craft services table with food for us, and I got to unwrap a block of cheese. And that block of cheese is probably way less interesting than the novel you've written, but it needed to be cut into chapters. It needed to be cut into pieces so that Howard didn't just walk away with a fistful of cheese. Uh, but that's the way I think about it. These I mean, are he, he still did, but... <laughs> well, that's because Cranberry Wensleydale is crack. Um, See, it's interesting because I do create chapters. Um, I'm not taking the whole and just chopping it up. Um, I When I'm creating an outline, one of the things I'm doing is I'm, I'm just getting it all on there. But when I sit down for the day's work, I say, all right, what do I need to achieve today? How can I form a chapter out of that? How can I have a rising action? How can I have questions be answered? How can I actually create something that feels like it has a beginning, middle, end? Basically, I'm going to create a short story set in the world that is a continuation of other short so stories. So your chapters, mm-hmm. you, your chapters take shape after the initial outline. Yes, uh, but we, yeah, I don't want to suggest that I do mm-hmm. chapters, you know, when the final prose is done. But yeah, I'm I'm the same way uh, in that I outline, but I don't outline to the chapters, they take shape later. 
I think I'm I'm in Brandon's camp here in that I I don't like thinking about how hard it is to write a book. A book is a very <laughs> long, very daunting thing. And what my plots do is essentially function like a series of escalating episodes. And I treat each chapter as a short story, as a short story of kind of interlocking stories, almost like a season of television than a movie. And so when I'm approaching a chapter, whether it's a short chapter for middle grade or a longer chapter for fantasy, I make sure that I have a miniature arc of action happening within that chapter. I want to fulfill certain promises. I want to not only move my characters from A to B physically and emotionally, but I almost want it to feel like an exciting little episode that does something in the interest of climbing the steps toward my finales. Yeah, the great thing about this also is once you learn this with chapters, like, I don't want to imply this isn't important to learn. That's what, not what I was meaning at the beginning, because I think it is, but it's mm-hmm. something you will you can pick up on your own. And the great thing is, once you start to learn it, people ask, how do you create a thousand-page um, fantasy novel? How do you create, I've got, you know, Stormlight Archive, which is two arcs of five and a ten-book series, and each, like, it gets way that is way easier than learning to create chapters, which you do over time practicing, at least I did. Once I got able to interlock these scenes, mm-hmm. basically episodes, I could be like, all right, these 10 episodes make a part of the book. And exactly. three of those make an entire novel. And three of those make a, um, a super arc um, through a series. And then, you know, you you yeah. start to do this and the chapter is where that all begins for me. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I think Shades of Magic is broken into something like 10 parts. Each part has maybe five to six chapters in it. Each part is functioning as almost a season arc. The entire book is like a TV show. Each chapter within the arc is like an episode of a season. And I know that I want to, I want to create a certain pace. But also I do this from a complete self-preservation standpoint of I would get completely overwhelmed if I couldn't break it down into a substantial, like substantially smaller piece. And on top of that, I like the satisfaction of a chapter that feels like we go through all of the emotional beats that I want you to. I want it to feel, and I have, I have books where I have had a one page chapter. I'm not saying that you can't do that too, to a different effect, but in something like the, the, the longer the format, the more daunting it is, the more I recommend that writers begin to think of them as many, many bricks in a wall. Yeah, when I started, my chapters were basically just, how much can I write in one day? Uh, which is why in Serial Killer, every chapter is about 2,500 words, because that's what I was doing back then. And that's still my most successful book, so maybe that's a good way to do it. Uh, but like by the time I got to Makeover, which was like my 16th published book, um, I had, I, I had become much more of an outliner. And so I, when I create an outline, it's this big, massive thing that tells me scene by scene, everything that's going to happen. And then I will look at that and go, okay, which of these scenes need to be combined into a single chapter, which is a little different than what you're talking about, at least narratively, because there's not a single thread of storyline that goes from the beginning of this chapter to the end, because it will have two or three different scenes and possibly different viewpoints in it. But I try to do that in a way where they're all thematically linked together or where there is an emotional through line through it. So we're going to talk about this aspect of the story or the world or the technology or the magic. And, you know, we're going to see one character deal with it and then a different character deal with it in a different way. And they will inform each other and that will form a chapter. Chapters in uh, in prose really are the one place where prose and comics share a structure, and that is the guaranteed page turn. With comics, you're always writing 
to the page turn because there is a visual reveal that is huge when you turn the page. Uh, with prose, you never think about that because you don't know where the pagination is going to be. And with electronic publishing, you know even less, um, except for the chapter break. You are, I have yet to read an ebook where I was forced to see the beginning of the next chapter while I could still see the end of the previous chapter. And for me, that's huge because it means there is this psychological shift between that thing I just read and not being able to read anything. And I'm, I'm making the gesture of turning the page with my hands. And now there is all new information all at once. And that is, I think that's important to think about because even if they're just pushing a button to do it, you, the writer, now have a moment of physical puppetry control over the reader. You know they're doing a thing. What can you do with words in order to make that more effective? I probably just made it a lot more difficult for everybody, didn't I? No, that, that's actually brilliant. Uh, and I've never thought of it in those terms, but I can look back even at that first one at Serial Killer and see places where I did that, you know, where, hey, you need to be, you know, I'll see you in the morning. And then the chapter break is, by the time I got there, they were already dead. You know, you can do tricks like that. That's, that's, I, now I'm going to think about that and try to do it on purpose. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> Let's stop for our book of the week. Yeah, so the book of the week is Docile by K.M. Sparza. It's a debut novel coming out in April. It's a really, really fascinating, fascinating examination of consent under capitalism. It is a slight near future alternate history uh, in which our debt crisis has reached a point in which people are selling themselves into kind of an indentured servitude for a variety of functions. And in order to forget this part of their lives when they do choose to sell this, in order to erase their family's debts, um, they take a drug called Dosseline. And it's about two young men in the, in the story, one who has decided to sell his family's debt off and with it himself and has decided to refuse Dosseline um, because of what it did to his mother. And the other one is the one who buys his contract and is the heir to the Dosseline empire. And it is about an examination of, of consent, of some really, really interesting uh, gender and sexuality, uh, a lot of fascinating themes, and also just a delightful read. Excellent. Docile by K.M. Sparza. Yes. Um, coming back to this, let's talk about our, one of the other questions on here asks about how we begin chapters. And I want to talk both about beginnings and endings. Um, because thinking about it, where I break a chapter is often based on where I began a chapter. Because um, chapters work very well for me, if I have some sort of note I can hit again near the end to signal, hey, we've, we've completed this arc, or a character's looking for something, the character finds something. It's this, uh, this mice quotient that Mary Robinette likes to talk about. I'm using very instinctively in creating chapters. So how do you begin and end chapters? And then kind of a sub-question of this, if you want to talk about sometimes um, you want to end a chapter on a cliffhanger, sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. What's the difference there? Um, go ahead. So 
when I wrote Zero G and started my middle grade series, I wanted to give chapter titles because that's kind of a very good middle grade thing. I always loved chapter titles when I was a kid. And that enabled me to set things up. You know, this chapter is about X. Like, you know that right off the bat because there's a title that tells you. And I realized in the process of doing that, that that's kind of what I had previously been using first lines or first paragraphs to do as a way of signaling a little more subtly, this chapter is going to be about this character trying to do X, you know, some way of setting up, here's what you're in for. This is my promise. This is my establishing shot. Chapters for me are, uh, the, the, the first line of the chapter is an opportunity for me to revisit the experience of the first line of the book, because often the first line of the book gets so much attention that, uh, for me anyway, the prose ends up far more refined, not purple necessarily, but every word is exactly in place. Uh, and I try to give that consideration to the beginnings of chapters because because I see those as decision points for the reader. Uh, the uh, I, A lot of times when I'm reading a book, I will turn the page to a chapter and realize, oh, oh, this character, you know, I, I'm not all that interested in this point of view. Um, but if there is some turn of phrase or some something right there at the beginning to reward me for having turned the page, uh, I'll muscle through it. But I'm a bad reader. Don't write for me. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I write my chapters like, you know, short stories, I do put the same amount of emphasis into the beginning and end of each chapter as I would the beginning and end of the novel. I also really, I love it. Like I come from a poetry background. I love the challenge of trying to distill, not necessarily a a premonition of what that chapter is going to be, but I write multiple perspectives. And for me, that opening line Mm -hmm. of each chapter is a way to instantly ground you in the voice because I don't, I don't mark it. I don't start the chapter by telling you whose perspective it's in. And so I'm relying on the moment of perception. And I write it from third person, so it's it's just a close third. But the moment of perception at the beginning of the chapter can tell you so much about the person that you're following, about the things that they notice, not only what they're going to be going through in kind of a hinting way, but just where their emotions are at, where their mind is at, all of those things. And then, yes, like Brandon, I, I am somebody who, because I write them like short stories, and one of my favorite things in short stories is the full circle moment. I love finding a way to echo by the end of the chapter where we're at. And then every now and then I try really hard not to overuse the cliffhanger ending because I think it gets tired. I think you have to use it sparingly. I think there's a difference between having enough tension to make you turn the page and having a dun-dun-dun moment. Mm -hmm. Right. uh, We've talked about this uh, before on the podcast, and the further I've gone in my career, the more I've disliked the um, cliffhanger that says, and he went to open the door and dun-dun-dun, and I've liked the cliffhanger that is, and he opened the door and his ex-wife was there, yeah. right? Like the cliffhanger that promises you something rather, you mm-hmm. know, what you're going to get rather than promising you a question mark. Um, when you can make those work, I like them. I do like to use chapters t- occasionally to force the page turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you do have to use this, particularly in an epic fantasy. You have to use it wisely. The longer your book, the fewer of these I think you can actually use, which is counterintuitive. But if it's a short book, it's uh, you feel less guilty making them read it all mm-hmm. in one or two sittings. And if it's a long book, that will get exhausting. Well, and that's what I was going to say, too, is uh, in addition to book length, consider the book genre. Writing in thrillers, you want every chapter to end on something tense and maybe a cliffhanger, maybe not, but 
if you ever get to a point of rest where your reader can say, oh, okay, everything's cool. No one's in danger right now. I can go to sleep. You're writing your thriller weirdly. Yeah, so I have I have a big fantasy series that I feel like behaves more in these epic ways where you have to use them sparingly, where every chapter really functions like an episode. And then I have uh, a series wherein I want it to feel like a comic book without pictures. And in that case, it is the chop, chop, chop of the turn. It is treating um, every chapter like a moment. And in that case, there is more grouping of chapters into a smaller arc, but it's about you can use brevity to the same effect that you can use length. You can use mm -hmm. any element. Like we're obviously talking a lot about the opening line and the ending line, but every aspect of a chapter is a utility that you have from the voice to the length, to the paragraph formatting, everything that you choose to do to how many scenes you want, whether you want to have scene breaks within the chapter or not. I think it's about setting rules uh, and expectations for your reader. It gets really weird if every chapter in your book is like, 30 pages long, except for two, unless those two moments are affecting something that is extremely dramatic. Episode five of season two of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. One of my favorite episodes and its structures for me, uh, it, it, it outlines what I kind of feel like a perfect chapter is because all of the threads come together in this moment of triumph and then we get a POV and realize, oh, wait, that wasn't all the threads. Oh, a bad thing happened. End of episode, page turn. And so it's enormously rewarding. Um, and then there's this piece at the end. And it's not that it's super short. This is piece at the end, which absolutely draws me further in. Um, and and yeah, my, my philosophy on chapters is that I want every one of them to be to be rewarding. I want people to be excited that they read that, but I want to leave them wanting more so that the next chapter is something they'll turn to. Well, I just want to say, and I think rewarding is a key word here because rewarding is different from dramatic, right? Like we, yeah. I think there is a, a, a cheat code sense that if you want the chapter to be the most exciting version of itself or the most rewarding version of itself, you have to end in this like dun, 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 whether implied dun, 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 or actual dun, dun, dun. And sometimes the most rewarding thing that a chapter can do is give you the equivalent of a full meal, you mm -hmm. know, and then the promise of something new. I think it's about also, it's about balance. It's about varying it between those things. Yeah. So just last week I read um, Wintersmith by Terry Pratchett, which is part of the Tiffany Aching series. It's one of my favorite ones. And there was a chapter in there with a funeral and it ends with, you know, the funeral. There's no cliffhanger whatsoever. There's absolutely nothing to drive you forward. It is completely final. But the way that the ending was written was so beautiful. And it was this perfect capstone to the dead person's life, to the, the survivors, you know, moving on and, and still going forward that I couldn't wait to read the next chapter because I'm like, this is, this is such, this is so beautiful. How can I not be reading this? Um, and curiously, the Terry Pratchett young adult novels use chapters and his adult novels don't. There's no chapters. They just are seen, 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 no numbers. Mm -hmm. um, I've always found that very interesting and why he chose to do one way or another. I'm sure he answered at some point. Uh, we are out of time for this episode, though I have some homework for you. Um, I would like you to take something you've written and try moving the chapter breaks around. Uh, see how it feels to you to force yourself to end in the middle 
of what you thought was a scene, uh, how to add more onto your chapter and end there. Um, I bet you will find that you're doing this pretty naturally, that you're already creating these arcs, but maybe you'll learn something um, interesting about your writing and be a little more intentional about it. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.